Three major Christian holidays that we celebrate today. Christmas, Easter, and the Free Methodist Annual Society meeting. (laughs) All right, all right, maybe not the last one. Three major holidays we celebrate today, Christmas, Easter, and let's go with Good Friday. And I bet if I asked you to, you would pretty easily be able to sing songs from each holiday. In fact, let's try. Somebody shout out a song that we typically sing at Christmas. Oh, Holy Night. Start us off. We'll sing a little bit. Anybody? Oh, Holy Night. Look at that. Look at that. I got a choir director going on here. Okay? Give me another song we sing at Christmas. Was that you, Jerry? Oh, that wasn't Jerry. That's <laughs> farther in the back. Diego, start us off. Yeah. All right, well, we have to go with something else. Silent Night. Okay, now, let's somebody shout out a song we typically sing at Good Friday. That's the, that's the next one. Were you there? Say that. Were you there? Start us off. Crucified, my Lord. Were you there when they crucified, my Lord? <laughs> Gets kind of high there for me. Thank you. Uh, anybody want to, another one that we sing on Good Friday? By his wounds, low in the grave he lay. Do you guys know either of those? Let's go with that one. Start us off. Low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior. Very nice. Oh, now we're getting there. Now we're okay. Okay, now we're getting a song we typically sing at Easter. Let's start with that chorus. Jenny, start us off. From the grave he arose with the mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. <laughs> Cut you off mid-verse, huh, or mid-chorus. Give me another song that we sing at Easter. What's that? Go tell it on the mountain? Okay, start us off. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you for playing. Thank you for singing. These are songs that, as you just experienced, we all know. Most of them have some sort of deep significance behind the words. They carry some sort of theological weight to them. We appreciate the richness behind the songs, the heritage that is in those verses. And we sing those songs as we celebrate the big three holidays. Now the Jews in ancient Israel, and still those Jews today, had three main holidays as well. Well, let me rephrase that. Three times a year, the Jews of old would make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate three key holidays. First, they'd go to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 
where the Jews celebrated the hurry they had in leaving Egypt after the exodus. They left in such haste that they wouldn't have time to let their dough rise in their bread. Thus, they needed unleavened bread. This, of course, was tied to the Passover. Secondly, they'd go to Jerusalem to celebrate the, the Festival of Weeks. Now, this is when the Jews celebrated God giving the Torah to the Jews after the Exodus while they met with God on Mount Sinai. It's the celebration of when the Israelites chose to be or agreed to be God's people. Third, the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. This commemorates the type of dwellings that the Israelite people lived in while wandering around the desert in those 40 years after the Exodus. Now you can see from those three major holidays that each one to some degree deals with the Exodus story when God rescued his people from Egypt. Obviously this was a pivotal point in their history, the story of the Jewish people. Now on their way up to Jerusalem, which literally was on a hill, so on their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate these three holidays or feasts or festivals, the Jews had songs that they sung. Songs, perhaps like the ones we just sang, songs rich in history, rich in meaning, rich in theology. Now, these songs are known as the Psalms of Ascent. They are Psalms 120 to 134 in our Bibles. Today we're going to spend a little time in the Psalm of Ascent found in Psalm 124. I encourage you to turn there, and as you're turning, I'd like to ask God's guidance as we open up his word. God, we're grateful for an opportunity as a body to gather together, to worship you in song, to laugh together, to think back to our own heritage, and we're grateful today, Lord, to be able to look back at the heritage of your chosen people. I ask, Lord, that you would bless our time in this song. May we find ourselves placed in their sandals as we listen to their story. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 124 says, A psalm for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. Verse 1, What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat, What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord, who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What if the Lord had not been on our side? What a great question. A question that I think we too often uh, fail to consider, but not the Israelites. Because three times a year they'd make this journey up to Jerusalem, and at least three times a year they'd sing this psalm as a reminder of what God had done. Remember, they were going to Jerusalem to celebrate three different festivals all relating to the Exodus. So the connections with this psalm are obvious. Verse 2, what if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? When people attacked them, how often did the Egyptians attack their slaves? How well were they treated in bondage? I mean, frankly, even if they were treated well in captivity, once out after wandering the desert and finally entering the promised land, the Jews still fought many battles against their enemies. 
Most of those battles were fought on the battlefield while others were fought within royal courts. This past week in our readings, we read the story of Queen Esther interceding with the Persian king, King Xerxes, for her people as the evil King Haman concocted a plot to eradicate the Jews. Now, thankfully, God was on their side. You're familiar with the story and you know how it ends. It ended well for the Jews. So well, the Jews were told to celebrate another holiday. Just listen to what Mordecai told them in Esther chapter 9, verse 22. Mordecai told them to celebrate these days with feasting and gladness and by giving gifts of food to each other and presents to the poor. This would commemorate a time when the Jews gained relief from their enemies, when their sorrow was turned into gladness and their mourning into joy. What if the Lord had not been on their side? Things would not have ended as well in Persia and more than likely wouldn't have ended as well in Egypt either. What if the Lord had not been on their side? Psalm 124, verse 3. They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. Is that two Sundays in a row? Is that Ginny's? Can I get it? Can I answer it? Oh, hurry up. Sorry. View now. It's a missed call. Heather. Would she be offended if I called her back? No. She's no? my granddaughter. I could tell her you're at church. She knows where I'm at. She wants to know where I'm at. I won't do that. That might embarrass her. Psalm 124, verse 3. Then they, being the enemies of the Israelites, would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. Now, immediately as they sung that line, images or memories of the flight from Egypt again would have come to mind to those singing that verse. They would have thought back to the stories they heard when Korah had tried to rebel against Moses. They would have thought back to the 250 men he convinced to join him in challenging the Jewish leader and challenging Moses. The Jews marching up to Jerusalem singing would have remembered the conclusion of the story. Just listen to Numbers chapter 16, verse 31 and following. Moses had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened and his mouth swallowed the men along with their households and all their followers who were standing there with them and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave with all their belongings. The earth was closed over them, and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. And all the people around them fled when they heard their screams. The earth will swallow us too, they cried. Our enemies would have swallowed us. The Israelites marching up to Jerusalem were singing, If the Lord had not been on their side, their enemies... Throughout the, time they'd been cho- uh, throughout the time they've been God's chosen people would have swallowed them as well. Verse 4 and 5 in Psalm 124. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging water of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. 
How easy a connection this one is to the Exodus. If the Lord had not been on their side, the Jews could have been them that was swallowed by the Red Sea instead of the Egyptians. You know the story on that. Exodus 14 says, When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and their charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived, but the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. On their way to Jerusalem, the waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. No wonder it was good for these people to sing these songs as they were on their way to Jerusalem to worship because they were then able to worship more holistically, more passionately, more fervently, recognizing that God did not have to be on their side, but he was. And what a way to begin a worship service. What a way to prepare your hearts for meeting with God. Verse 6, praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. Maybe they were thinking of Daniel in the lion's den at that point. Verse 7, we escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. We are free. We are free. And those Israelites would have meant it every time they sang that line. All this in preparation to go and worship the God that they knew was on their side. Verse 8, our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What a way to finish this song. I mean, this isn't just a little, yeah, you know, Yahweh likes us. As they sang this, they wouldn't have been picturing a bobblehead God on their camel. They wouldn't have been picturing God standing outside the temple giving high fives as they came into worship. They would have been picturing something different. Because this verse screams. No, no, it bellows. It explodes with the echoes of creation itself. The God on their side that they were singing about was the same God as the one who spoke the world into place at the very beginning. What does Genesis 1-1 say? In the beginning. In the beginning. That's what I thought I said. Say it again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Psalm 124, 8. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Do you see the magnitude of this last line? Do you see how the Jews who were singing this song would have known this line was about the God of the universe? This line echoed earth-shattering, mountain-shaking, life-hanging-in-the-balance God who was on their side. Earth-shattering, mountain-shaking, life-hanging-in-the-balance God who was on their side. Talk about a recognition of a total and complete dependence on God. Talk about a psalm of hope. And having a song, having sung a psalm of ascent like that, the Jews would have been ready to worship. What would happen if we began each Sunday morning 
with the line, just reflect for a while on where you could have been if God were not on your side. If we began service asking, where would you be if God were not on your side? Would our worship services look different? Maybe. Could we sing the same psalm of ascent and mean it like the Jews meant it? I mean, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all of First Church repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? Attacking us. I wonder, is this where our song would break down? Is this where the similarities would stop between our singing this song and the Israelites singing this song? I mean, we know the psalm goes on to talk about Israel's historic enemies. They meant what they were singing because they had mental pictures, memories, and stories that fit the rest of the psalm. But do we, do we today, as followers of Christ, at least here in the West, do we have enemies trying to attack us? We're not afraid of the earth swallowing, uh, swallowing us, are we? It's not part of our history. What waters are we trying to literally walk through. Not too often I get on Facebook, but this last week I did, and I asked a question. This is what I wrote. I wrote, Psalm 124 alludes to the enemies that would have demolished the Israelites had the Lord not been on their side. Those were literal enemies. What enemies do we as followers of Christ face today, literal and or figurative? And then I told people I wanted 10 words or less and not to comment on other people's comments. I want to share a slideshow with you of what came back on Facebook. In the quiet of the moment, reflect on some of the responses I received. Reflect on if God were not on our side, what enemies, what would they do to us?
I asked what enemies do we as followers of Christ face today, and that's the list that I got back. We even had to cut some. These are at least the beginnings of the enemies that we as followers of Christ face. Now with the psalmist, we cry out, praise the Lord who has not let these enemies sink their teeth into us or tear us apart. Or maybe we could cry out, praise the Lord who wants to keep these enemies away. Who wants to combat them if they are plaguing us today? Who wants to set us free from what enemies may currently have us enslaved? We could very easily say, like the Israelites said, the trap is broken and we are free. Would we finish the psalm the same way? Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. For the Israelites, I said that verse echoed of God of creation. And it can do the same for us, but for us, the echo continues on a much more personal level. There is a ricochet to that echo of creation. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Psalm 124.8, our helps from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And are you ready for the ricochet? It's John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning... The Word already existed, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He existed in the beginning, and God created everything through Him. Nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The ricochet is Jesus Christ. Psalm 124, 7 and 8 could very easily read, The trap is broken and we are free. For if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And our help is from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who made heaven and earth. The list of enemies that we watched on this slideshow, church, we are free from those. Our sins, they no longer are held against us. Sins that should have condemned us to an eternity of separation from God himself, we are free from those. Jesus' half-brother James wrote at the end of his letter, and if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. He says, my brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. I believe full well that James was writing about both the literal person who brought that wayfaring Christian back, and he was talking about his brother, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has brought us back and brought about the forgiveness of many sins. And Jesus is on our side. Scripture is clear about that. Follow me, Jesus says. Walk this road of life with me. And I promise I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is on our side. Israelites saying, what if the Lord had not been on our side? This is the question the Israelites asked as they made their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate their history. It's a fair question. A question we ourselves should ask more often. Maybe every Sunday on our way up, to church, we should ask that of ourselves. Perhaps it would prepare our hearts for worship. Perhaps we would be ever more grateful for the songs of hope that we do sing due to the fact that Jesus is on our side. We simply have to take him at his word and respond when he says, follow me. Do you need to respond to Jesus' call again today? 
If you've never responded to that call, maybe today's the first day you take those steps towards him. All of life's problems won't go away. You'll still have to do battle with the enemies we saw listed on the screen, but you will be able to face them knowing your help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ who made heaven and earth. And I'll tell you this, if you choose to follow those songs we sang together at the beginning of this message, those songs about Christmas, Good Friday, and Easter, they will take on a whole new meaning for you. What songs will you be singing? And what meaning, what depth, what power will be behind the words? Let's pray. God, what a joy and privilege and honor it is to know that you are on our side. I mean, frankly, Lord, I don't even know if we fully comprehend what that means. To have the God who spoke creation into motion on our side. To have the God who chose to take on human flesh and die in replacement for us on our side. God, that is, that is mind-blowing. And God, we are in awe of that. We are thankful for that. And we can sing for joy and rejoice and praise you because you are on our side. Help us grasp that today, Lord. Help us grasp that this week. What it means for us as individual followers of Christ, what it means as a church, what it means as the larger church who chooses to follow you. Help us know what that means to have you on our side. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to stand and we're going to sing one more time if God is on our side. And we're going to sing it like we mean it. We're going to sing it like it moves us. We're going to sing it as if we understand the hugeness of what it means to have God on our side. Let's stand and sing that together.